Hey everyone, before we kick off the show, we wanted to remind you all that we now have a Patreon. That's right, with tiers starting at just a dollar, you can access a whole slew of Patreon-exclusive content, like articles, and even full bonus episodes. On the bonus shows, we'll be talking about anything and everything from retro video games, toys, movies, TV, junk food, anything we find interesting enough that we can't manage to squeeze into our normal shows. The Patreon will help to support us and keep the show going. So, if you have the means or the interest, please consider joining. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash leftover pizza club. And that's not the only way that you can support us. Something as simple as leaving a review for the show and subscribing will help us to keep growing and bringing you more content for years to come. And while we're at it, check out our social media at leftover pizza podcast on Instagram and TikTok, at leftover pizza club on Twitter. And of course, if you join the leftover pizza club group on Facebook, we'll send you a free sticker for joining. Lastly, you can check out our website, leftoverpizzaclub.com, for free articles, merch, and more. And as always, thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Damn, did we just crush that in one go? Welcome, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Leftover Pizza Podcast. It's Saturday morning. We're still nursing our wounds from a bitchin' sleepover party from last night. How about it? Oh, hell yeah. It was bitchin'. 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 You might be thinking the fun's over now, but no. There's a little bit fun left in the tank now that it's Saturday morning. And today, we're going to walk you through what we consider our ideal Saturday morning. That's right. And I'm not just talking about sleeping in either because there's shit to do, okay? We just spent the whole week waking up early and I know you're tired because you got to get up in the cold and put your jeans on and and eat your, you know, toaster strudel or whatever the fuck your mom makes you before you head (laughs) off to school, okay? And then we just stayed up really, really late last night at the sleepover. But suck it up because we only get one Saturday a week so we got to make a count. That's right. The birds are chirping. The grass is growing. (laughs) And it's got to be mowed. God damn it. Get outside. (laughs) For me and many others, this always included some form of food, munchies, and whatever cartoons or kid-friendly television we could find on the old boob tube. But since this is our ideal Saturday morning block, nothing is off the table. Whatever food, snacks, drinks, or cartoons, it's all fair game. All fair game. All fair game. That's right. And uh, I'm just going to say it. This is our ideal Saturday morning, Grimy. I just made that joke a second ago about mowing the lawn. No chores are going to be done on this Saturday morning. No. Okay. I'm not whacking your weeds, I'm not trimming the lawn, I'm not picking up dog shit outside or whatever menial task my dad might have for me to do right now. This is all about having fun, eating trash, 
and relaxing, kicking back a little bit. Absolutely. Well, with nothing further, shall we get into this? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little bit hungry. A little hungry? Well, let's uh, let's dive into breakfast real quick here then. As my favorite teacher always says, do yourself a favor, eat breakfast. You know, he's right. The energy from breakfast, what you grab from home or school, fuels your brain. So you do better in class, have a better attitude, and do better physically. So do yourself and everybody else a favor. Eat right. Eat breakfast. They say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. We both watch so many commercials through our lifetimes and even more now, probably now that we have it all at the click of a button. I don't know about you, but I've always loved this like quintessential image of what breakfast should look like every single morning. And it's like a big bowl of cereal, an entire fucking gallon of milk and an entire gallon of juice. And then there's the whole loaf of bread. I can't get over it. I was going to say, it's always like, there's always like a piece of fruit. So it's always like a banana or an orange (laughs) or like a grapefruit. Like that's always what got me with the breakfast. Okay. Is that because I know what you're talking about. You're talking about cereal commercials. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And every cereal commercial, they make it seem like, oh man, we got to eat a big bowl of this every morning. I'm going to get big and strong. Like Tony the Tiger, Mm -hmm. this guy's out here doing like jujitsu and like doing Red Bull you know, diving from the <laughs> stratosphere and, and and he's doing it all because he ate a bowl of Frosted Flakes. Oh, yeah. And then in the last two seconds of the commercial, they say part of a balanced breakfast and really that balanced breakfast that they'd show was this fucking banquet, this buffet. So like I said, a half a grapefruit. I don't know what fucking kid is eating a grapefruit at breakfast same, that, uh, unless they're like Richie Rich in his funky bunch or something. <laughs> funky bunch. <laughs> Yeah, Richie Rich and his funky bunch, yeah. Well, every time I think about this portrayal of breakfast, I always go back to that old Ghostbusters cereal jingle where it's like, enjoy this with milk and juice and toast. Ghostbusters (laughs) taste great with milk and juice and toast. A nutritious breakfast with the ghost. Ghostbusters! Who the fuck is eating cereal? You like that? I like that. I like that. Yeah, because it's always the juice, which we found out later on. The juice isn't really that good for you because oh, that's no. always packed with sugar too. Yeah. Especially the amount that they're showing in these commercials. Oh, yeah. And then it's always a bran muffin. Mm-hmm. There's always a fucking bran muffin on that table because, you that's know, true. you got to keep the kids regular. Mm-hmm. Like kids like kids need a- any help pooping. Oh, yeah. You know, that's all kids do is shit their pants. And we don't need to be packing them full of fiber. They're just going to poop even more. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I actually, I never noticed how much uh, I needed muffins until, like, nowadays. Mm, yeah, I'm on the Metamucil kick. Metamucil? That's not even an exaggeration. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really, I'm legitimately doing that. Works, it's great. That's you know, a little bit of fiber, it's good for you, grimy. Keeps keeps the... Uh, keeps the old bowel regular. Keeps the, yeah, keeps <laughs> so the fuck flowing. <laughs> We're not here to talk about Metamucil and uh, uh, ancient grains or anything like that. We're talking about Saturday morning cereal. So what are you having for breakfast? Man, so there are so many things that we could have for breakfast. I've got a few choices here, okay? okay but um, usually it's cereal that I'm reaching for. Okay. Uh, on the days that my mom's not giving me like an Eggo or something right, like right. that, you know? Eggos were usually reserved for weekends. Waffles, uh, Snoopy waffles. Even oh, she had yeah. a Snoopy, Snoopy waffle waffles. maker. Snoopy waffle maker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a classic in my childhood. But those were usually reserved for Sunday mornings. Sunday breakfast was when my parents would really go all out type of a thing. If we're talking cereals, 
there's quite a few that I liked. Oreo O's. That was kind of a staple, especially on Saturday mornings in my mm. house in the early 2000s. Oreo O cereal has hit the shelf. It's the crunchy cereal with a classic Oreo taste. Just an innocent obsession? Mm. Or a drain on our nation's milk? <laughs> Shocking. Oreo O's from Post. Did you ever partake? So I had, yeah, I had the original Oreo O's. They're, they're pretty good. I like them. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. They were never my first choice. Right. They were always my sister's first choice. Okay. Uh, it was really weird. She was always like the chocoholic when it came to breakfast cereals. So Oreo O's, um, Cocoa Puffs, that type of stuff, she was all about. I was like the Cocoa Pebbles guy. I thought Cocoa Pebbles was pretty good. I still think Cocoa Pebbles is pretty good. They're they're very underrated compared to Fruity Pebbles. I agree. Now, the thing I hated about Oreo O's is, like, I was a huge Oreo fan and still am. They don't taste like Oreos. They don't taste like Oreos, but they do taste like a breakfast cereal that's trying to taste like Oreos. Right. So, they've got that going for them. It's the cereal bits themselves. They do taste very similar to the Oreo cookie, but they never really quite get that cream replicated right. yeah. in there. You know, and that's the most important part of the Oreo, I think. It's 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 half for me. It's half that, and the other half is when you dunk an Oreo cookie, you know the texture, and it is a texture that you can't get from just the cereal alone. Like I think those two things are ultimately what made me not the biggest fan of it. But like I always tell the story, I, I was never a huge fan of cereal in general. I know, I know. It's shocking because you're a. <laughs> it's like you're a cereal aficionado. I'm a these cereal days. connoisseur now for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised back then, truthfully, that you weren't just like shelling or, yeah, de-shelling your Oreos, <laughs> taking the cookies <laughs> and just pouring them in a bowl of milk and eating that like a cereal. <laughs> I, I can just picture you doing that. I mean, your that's friend an idea. Your friend be like, hey, you want some Oreo O's? And No, nah, man, I, I make my own Oreo O's and just eating cookies for breakfast. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. So, all right. Oreo O's, yeah, all right. They were there. Not my favorites. My underrated pick from back in the day. Again, this is an ideal Saturday morning. So I have the power to bring back cereal that's long gone. Absolutely. You and I were talking about this the other day. I actually recently posted it up on Instagram. Photos courtesy of MrBreakfast.com, which is a great archive website for everything breakfast. So go check that out, please. Shout out. <laughs> um, back in the early 2000s, Kellogg's struck up a deal with Disney. And there were a lot of exclusive Disney branded cereals that weren't like they are now. We still get Disney and crossover cereals. But I think you'll agree that all of the movie or tie-in cereals that we get these days are just so lazy. Oh, yeah. They're very basic. It's like, well, how can we market this with this movie? I got an idea. Let's just put these pictures on like a box of Lucky Charms and call it a day. (sighs) Not even Lucky Charms. I would be okay if it was Lucky Charms because usually it's that – Goddamn berry cereal now. Oh, Jesus, like, yeah. Any tie-over, like tie-in tie cereal now. Think back to the Space Jam one, the Ghostbusters one. That was recent. Uh, not so much. There was a Finding Dory one that was more like a 
Lucky Charms, which is pretty good. Mm. But even like the Mario cereal a few years back, it's always like a very generic berry flavored cereal and it's no good. True. These old cereals, there were four in particular that I would bring back. They were all unique spins on cereal, and they genuinely tasted good. For a limited time, the magical adventures are musical with these Disney CDs. There's one in specially marked boxes of Honeybees, Mickey's Magics, and Buzz Blast cereals from Kellogg, part of a complete breakfast. You'll find marshmallow bugs crawling through crunchy chocolate-flavored cereal in new Kellogg's Chocolate Mud and Bugs, part of this complete breakfast. Go one swell kid. Nothing bugs you. <laughs> with Kellogg's Disney cereals, anything can happen. So we have... Buzz Blasts, which was a Buzz Lightyear cereal. Mickey Magics, that's spelled with an X because this oh, yeah. was the 2000s and everything was extreme. Extreme, bro. Even Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Killer Box, by the way. Killer Box. It's Sorcerer Mickey. He's mm-hmm. got the whole Fantasia thing going on. There was the hollow, was say, both was on like the Buzz shiny. and Mickey. Yeah. Yeah. It had that holographic oh, yeah. material on it. Uh, Pooh's Honeybees, which Pooh gets a bad rap. Because it's so aimed at younger children that right. sometimes he really gets some good tie-in shit. Oh, yeah. And it's often overlooked because people are like, well, I'm not three. <laughs> so the Pooh's Honey Bee cereals and then Timon and Pumbaa's Mud and Bugs. Oh, yeah. So the Buzz Blasts. Now, I couldn't really find a great description anywhere of what they tasted like. They're green and purple colored and they look like little saucers and then Buzz Faces. I remember that being similar to like, did you ever have a Quisp, have, have Quisp cereal? Quisp cereal, before? yeah, yeah. I remember it being like a mix of Quisp and like Cookie Crisp almost, like Ooh. the texture and flavor of the cereal. Different. That's just my memory, so I could be totally wrong. If you actually remember what that was, like please write in, send us a message because I, I, I need to know. It's not anywhere on the internet that I can find. Help a brother out. Help a brother out. The Mickey Magics, that really was just a Lucky Charms knockoff cereal, but very good. Because I always like the Lucky Charms, like the cereal pieces when they're Same. knockoff. Yeah. They're usually like thicker, yeah. but in a good way. They, they do incorporate most of the time their own like unique shapes too. And I think that helps. Like anytime Count Chocula would come out with another cereal, a different box or whatever, he always got a different marshmallow shape and they were always bigger or different sizes. And it always made that cereal feel more unique, I guess. And I don't know, mm-hmm. the marshmallows, they hit different when they're different shapes for some reason. That's true. They, It's just something so simple. Mm-hmm. Just that little change can make it feel like a whole brand new experience when you pour a bowl. The Pooh's Honeybees. That was a Honeygram cereal. And that was so fucking good. So, long story short, my sister, the Oreo O's queen, was obsessed with Pooh. She saw these. She begged to get them. So, my mom bought them. And, of course, I was a little bit older. And I was like, ugh, a Pooh cereal. I'm not eating that. <laughs> well... That's not how that worked. My mom poured me a bowl and she's like, eat it. <laughs> it was like eating Teddy Grahams or like, you know, the the graham crackers just in a in a breakfast cereal. And it was tasty. Oh, it nice. really was really very good. So right now what I'm picturing is like the cookies from the original recipe of Dunkaroos, but in cereal. From what I can remember, that's exactly what it was like. Oh. So, so good. I would I would kill for a bowl of that. And then the Timon and Pumbaa's Mud and Bugs, that was more basic. That was basically just Cocoa Puffs with marshmallows in it. But they're all bug-shaped marshmallows, so they felt more special. So I guess if I really have to bring one back, 
I'm really tied between those Buzz Blasts and the Pooh's Honeybees. But I think just based off of unique flavors alone, I'd have to bring back the uh, Honeybees. That's a good choice. Yeah, I, I feel like we need more Honeygram cereal. That's something that's kind of lacking. Something different. Yeah, yeah. Definitely something different. What about you for cereal? For cereal? This is really easy for me. Um, so there is one that I remember from back in the day. It was like one of my first forays into like cereal and cartoons on a Saturday morning. And I, it's a very specific box. It's uh, Captain Crunch Deep Sea Crunch. There's summer vacation. My summer vacation. This is too lame. Captain, help! Don't worry. My new Deep Sea Crunch cereal is here. All right. Tasty, fruity flavors and five fun shapes like turtles, sharks, and whales. Mm. And Deep Sea Crunch is a fruity part of a balanced breakfast. Hey, hey, horseshoes. I think I've talked about this a long time ago, but okay, it's yeah. always the box. I know the box is what gets every kid's attention, but this one, for some reason, just felt so different to me. And it was the first time I really paid attention to uh, any kind of packaging. I was like, yeah, this this looks good. I think I can, I can get this because I hated cereal. I didn't like cereal at that point in time. This cereal, it was like fronted by all these sea creatures. There was like a dolphin and maybe a shark on the front. And they looked very Kool-Aid-esque, you know what I mean? Like very cartoony and like they fit right on one of them Kool-Aid packets from back in the day. Like you could almost see the one dolphin hanging out with a charcoalberry fin or something. Oh yeah, I'm taking a look at the package right now. So we've got a sea turtle and and a shark. And it's really funny because the sea turtle is looking down at the cereal yeah. like, I want to eat that. Mm-hmm. And the shark is staring right at the cap and like, I want to eat him. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good box art. Yeah, it, it's beautiful box art. And then the cereal pieces themselves, if I remember correctly, uh, like most of the time you got like the little... Uh, what do you want to call them? Like the little fruity... The crunch berries. Crunch berries. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for, crunch berries. Um, yeah. Well, now this time we got actual shapes of cereal pieces for different animals. There's like a squid and a starfish. And I think there's like a uh, a sea turtle and everything and different colors. It just seemed like such a strange move for Captain Crunch in general. I ended up trying it. I still hated it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So I understand what you're talking about because the the packaging is really – now, I was way more susceptible to the packaging than apparently you were because it didn't matter if I wanted to eat the cereal or not. Uh-huh. I would beg for it just based off of how the cereal box looked. Yes. So things like the Jurassic Park, the Lost World cereal, yeah. that – captured my attention the 90s spider-man uh animation oh yeah that got its own cereal Mm -hmm. that drew me in so anytime i saw a new cereal box with a recognizable character or just some really bright box art i was like please i need to have this i need to take this home with me oh yeah i was the same way especially when it came to like the, the turtles fucking cereal from ralston back in the day like i hated cereal saw that cereal box instantly needed it this one comes with an eraser. This one comes with like cards. I need this and I need that. And I've never fucking ate this stuff. My mom caught on super quickly. And I was mm-hmm. even surprised that we got this cereal box, the Deep Sea Crunch. Like, can't believe I even had that in my house at one point in time. But there we were. Had it, still hated it. <laughs> but I'll always remember it. But if I'm talking about a cereal I actually enjoyed 
as a kid and still very much so love today. It's got to be Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> Watch me trick Fred out of his Fruity Pebbles. <clears throat> the king of the jungle. I need your Fruity Pebbles or I can't roar. Wow. Anything for the king. Mmm. Orange, cherry, grape, lemon, lime, and berry blue. My pebbles! <laughs> Gotta go! And I'm not lying! Post Fruity Pebbles cereal, part of this complete breakfast! I am huge on Fruity Pebbles. If there's anything like, um, just recently, I think it's what, cereal pop? I think that's what it's called. It's yes. like the, the candy yep, pop the little, or whatever. Uh... Yeah, 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 the exactly. popcorn. They just released that not too long ago, and I got that. I needed that right away as soon as I saw the picture for it, and it's oh, fucking amazing. It's so good. It's probably the best popcorn I've ever had, and I don't say that lightly because I love popcorn. But yeah, it's got to be Fruity Pebbles. And speaking of new stuff, my favorite version of Pebbles is coming out again after like a 20-year hiatus or something crazy. No, not 20. I think it's more like... 12 year hiatus uh berry pebbles is on its way back berry so, pebbles yes i don't think i ever had berry pebbles so the original berry pebbles had a picture of bam bam on the front which i don't think okay. has really ever happened before it's usually pebbles so yeah. Her I mean, cereal. it makes yeah, sense it makes sense <laughs> yeah but uh yeah this one featured bam bam on the front and they were different colored than the original pebbles they did taste completely different and oh man they're so good everything about so wait. it Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me they have a completely unique color, taste, and a different character feature. Yes. And they're not calling them Bam Bams? It's, I feel like it's a missed opportunity myself. Berry Bam Bams is what Berry they could Bam call Bams. them. It's right there. That's low-hanging fruit. <laughs> oh, Are you man. kidding me? <laughs> oh, oh shit. you're fucking up. <laughs> yeah, you're fucking up. We got to pitch this to them right now. You're right. Oh, shit. Dude, I wow. would. Berry Bam Bams and Fruity Pebbles, they could sit side by side on the You're shelf. Right. You would corner the market of cartoon based cereals. Oh, you guys are idiots. I'm Dude, sorry. I would but snatch that box up so fucking quick. <sighs> so, cereals, you didn't like cereals as a kid. You like them now. You would bring Fruity Pebbles to this party. I would definitely bring the honeybees to this party this Saturday morning. What else are you eating on, on a Saturday morning aside from cereals? Because, listen, there's a whole world of breakfast foods out there. We got eggs. We got pastries. Take your take your pick. Pick your poison. Literally. Some of this stuff was poison. <laughs> but delicious poison nonetheless. We didn't have to get forced to eat it. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, if I'm talking non-cereal breakfast foods, we were always partial to like Hot Pockets and stuff like that. Those were always around the house. And I don't want to go too in-depth with that. But what I will say is that toaster strudels were mm-hmm. an absolute mainstay at my house. Here's your Pop-Tart. Another one. See you after baseball practice. Got the toaster strudel? Of course. So when is your mom going to find out about Toaster Strudel? Soon, I hope. Pillsbury Toaster Strudel is like a Pop-Tart, but tastes better, with layers of flaky pastry, juicy filling, and do-it-yourself icing. So what do you do with the Pop-Tarts? Pillsbury Toaster Strudel, now available in cream cheese and fruit combinations. Ugh. 
Yeah. I love toaster strudels. Love them, love them, love them. It's been a really long time since I've had a toaster strudel, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to change that after this show today. Boy, it's been too long. Yeah, I can't say the, uh, I can't say the same. I have not like super regularly, but at least once or twice Mm -hmm. a year, I go through a toaster strudel phase and I have to go buy a box and just snorkel my way through it. Okay. What, what are you picking up though? Which one? So this is a toss up because I don't ever have a set toaster strudel flavor okay right like with pop tarts more often than not i'm i'm picking one flavor of pop tart or or i'm picking from like three Mm. right like toaster strudel whenever i walk into the store and i'm in the mood for a toaster strudel i walk over to that freezer and i let them speak speak to you (laughs) i say i say all right what what are we feeling today boys and so sometimes it's it's really basic i'm going for a cinnamon one Sometimes I like an apple toaster strudel. Other times I'm down with a strawberry. Right. Those are usually the three that I'm I'm pulling from. But I guess, I guess, for the sake of this here episode, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull some apple toaster strudels. Those might be my favorite just by a squeak. Super good. Good pick. I have to go with blueberry. Blueberry is my end all be all toaster strudel. So I said it. You heard it here, folks. Wow. Blueberry. I, you know, I don't know that I've ever actually eaten a blueberry toaster strudel. You got to change that. Change that ASAP. <laughs> okay, twist my arm. I'll go down to the store right fucking now, <laughs> middle of this podcast, and buy some. When I was younger, uh, there's a chain store, or at least was a chain store here in PA called Bilo Foods. Uh, okay. My mom used to work at this a long time ago, ages ago. I think I was like four or five. And, uh, you know, so she knew everybody in the store whenever we would walk into our grocery shop. And before I was even in school or anything like that, we would be walking around just me and my mom. And you know how they have like those little stands and people were handing out samples, right? Uh huh. Yep. So there was always this one lady my mom was very familiar with and she knew I liked blueberry toaster strudels. She would have some sitting there waiting for me every time we came into that store. Just a little square with a little bit of the frosting, that nice little frosting on top. And I would I'd come up and get my fucking my sample. Like that was the best thing. It was like the main event of being at a store was getting that little sample. Then we would go through the freezer aisle. We'd pick whatever ones up we wanted and take them home. And I'd probably finish the box that day. <laughs> <laughs> wow that is really really nice and really pure that you had like a plug so just good. providing you with your blueberry I know toaster I know strudels she had the hookup uh, wow all right so i'm gonna go in the opposite direction okay. also with blueberry and something very very unwholesome okay so <laughs> <laughs> so when i was a kid um I actually didn't have a problem with blueberry-flavored things. Okay. I'm going to make a long story short here and say that I was in in kindergarten. I ended up getting pulled out of kindergarten and put back in preschool because I was not adjusting well to being in real school yet. So that's right, folks. I am a two-time completionist of preschool. Okay. I've got my doctorate in preschool studies. (laughs) So – one day while I was still in kindergarten before I got pulled the first time, my mom sent me to the school and I think there was like a before school program where I would eat my breakfast at school. Okay. So she sent me with a blueberry muffin and I ate my blueberry muffin. The problem was is that I would get so worked up 
and so nervous. Like, dude, for like three weeks, I would just get so worked up and so, so upset that somebody, my dad, my mom, my grandparents would have to come pick me up from school and I would not finish a day. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just how it would go. I, I was not finishing full days of school at this point. Right. So this is my last day, unbeknownst to everybody, at this school, and I eat my blueberry muffin for breakfast. A couple minutes go by, I'm all worked up again, I'm crying, whatever. Well, because I got so upset, my stomach was not settled, and I end up barfing this blueberry muffin back (laughs) up. And dude, when I tell you my barf was blue, it was like a cartoon. Really? And I had that burned in my brain forever. And from that point on until I was in my like late teens, maybe even early 20s, I refused to touch blueberry flavored breakfast items ever like and i never made the connection (laughs) that it was because i had this like mental scarring and i associated having a really terrible time in kindergarten with blueberry flavored things so i will say i never had a blueberry toaster strudel growing up and that would be the reason why but now i've been having this like really great journey throughout my 20s where I'm like, wow, I really actually like blueberry-flavored things. They're so tasty. I can eat them now. <laughs> so you've inspired me to go out and get some blueberry toaster strudels, I think. I owe it to myself. I owe it to the little f- four-year-old Derek to finally try these blueberry toaster strudels, I think. I'm curious how many people have that memory of you barfing up blueberry in, in their brains. I'm sure there's still <sighs> I, someone I that's find like... Out. I- <laughs> I gotta hop on like Craigslist or something. Just make a, an anonymous post in the community section. Like, do you remember 1999? A boy uh, puking blue in kindergarten. <laughs> Please write in. <laughs> Please. So that was my uh, non-cereal thing. Do you have any non-cereal items that you would venture into while you're in breakfast mode? Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, just quickly to mention, um, waffle sticks. Hello. Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah. There's a new breakfast that's creating quite a lot of noise. Introducing new Pillsbury Waffle Sticks. Waffle Sticks come with their own dipping cup of rich, sweet syrup, so you can resist scooping, dunking, and dipping every crispy, syrupy bite. It's a delicious part of this complete breakfast. New Pillsbury Waffle Sticks. Dare to dip. I would go crazy for a waffle stick. And, and, you know, it was cool to get them at home, like the, the freezer, you could buy the pre-made ones. I loved like going to BK and buying the waffle sticks that they'd have there. There was just a very different experience getting them from a fast food place because for whatever reason, and I feel like you'll agree with me, the syrup always tasted so much better out of those little, the little plastic cups. Oh, yeah, I am. An absolute diehard fan of McDonald's pancake syrup. It is, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. any, really any pancake syrup that comes in them little cells, but like McDonald's specifically, oh buddy, watch out. I had a couple people throughout my life. One of them was my friend. Uh, you know, he would work at McDonald's in high school and I mentioned how I liked the hotcakes and how I thought they were really, really good. And they're he was so like, good. they're frozen. All we're doing is thawing them out in the microwave. As if that was going to deter me from liking them. And I was like, dude, I don't think you get it. Frozen pancakes are among life's delicacies as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah. 
I don't know why that is, but a frozen pancake, like the little mini silver dollar ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, buddy, you've got me. You <laughs> hand me a stack of little mini frozen pancakes. I'm in heaven. <laughs> yeah, take that, you stupid peasant. This changes nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were gonna change my mind you dumb bitch <laughs> i'm sorry Stupid. that was mean um but that aside waffle sticks and frozen pancakes aside i'm always reaching for like a pop tart at that age <laughs> Listen to the Eddie. Kellogg's Pop Tarts. You can freeze them, then eat them. Now available in the Hot Pot Sunday. And I've definitely mentioned it in the past. I am never, ever reaching for a fucking brown sugar cinnamon Pop Tart. It's not my bag. I know everybody loves it. I know it's like everybody's favorite except me. I don't like them. I'm not down with them. I can already hear there's at least 10 people all at the same time. <gasps> I know. I can hear, yeah, we're going to get I'm going to get a lot of hate on that. Not you. I'm going to get a lot of hate on that. I'm I'm pretty sure. That's all right. Um Listen, I love my cherry pop tarts. I think those are real tasty. They are. I like the really fine sprinkles on the mm. top. Yep. They're um, they're a delicacy. Like much like peeps. It's like the same textural thing going on there as peeps. Yeah, them little Christmas glass shards, so good. Mm-hmm. But my all-time, I think number one favorite pop tart, mm-hmm. it's got to be the hot fudge sundae one. Oh fuck yeah! Now it's hot fudge sundae, but they recommend that you can put them in the freezer or put them in the toaster. Which one are you doing? Now here's the thing. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I've only really toasted pop tarts a handful of times in my life. Okay. Like. I'm not a toasting guy for them. Okay. I feel like I'm taking them right out of the package and just, just eating munching. them straight up. But I really did buy into that marketing back in the day for the hot fudge sundae yeah. that you should be eating these frozen cold. Yeah. So without a, you know without hesitation, my mom would come home with a brand new box of hot fudge sundae Pop-Tarts. I would take it upon myself, grab the box, go shove it in the freezer somewhere, and then they're yes. ready to go for whenever we're ready for. about it for a couple hours. And, oh, man. Mm-hmm. I think everybody bought into that. That was such a weird move for Pop-Tarts to do. It was like, do the opposite of everything that we've been telling you to do with these now, and you're going to love this. I know. But listen, they brought a Yeti into the commercials, and everybody believed in the, the power of the Yeti. <laughs> so all I'm saying, brands, mm-hmm. is that if you're trying to get us to do anything, maybe incorporate a Yeti into your commercials, and maybe we'll listen better. It's all it takes. Man, if I'm talking Pop-Tarts, I have too many favorites to talk about, but my I think my two, it's got to be three, sorry. It's got to be it's okay. the s'mores. Love the s'mores. Those have to be toasted. Those are good. They have to be Those toasted. Are, okay, I will agree. I will concede that if I'm toasting a Pop-Tart, it's usually a s'mores Pop-Tart that yeah. I'm going to toast. Okay. Absolutely. Fair. Blueberry does not have to be toasted. Love me a blueberry Pop-Tart. Yeah, those are pretty good. But the fucking wild berry ones. Okay, I'm glad that you brought it up because <laughs> I was going to say the most 90s yes. of their time Pop-Tart, like the icon of the Pop-Tart group. Like in 100 years time, if I ask somebody to draw me a Pop-Tart, I just feel like 
the wildberry is what they're going to draw. Oh, yeah. That yep. is like the icon of the Pop-Tarts. It really is. Yep, that's the one that sticks out the most. That fucking, that purple icing with the little blue swish and... Oh, it just looks like an yeah. alien pastry, and I fucking love it. Yeah, I was obsessed with those as a kid. You know what they remind me of? They remind me of the the jazz solo cups. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's mm-hmm. – I'm curious if they drew inspiration from that, if that was their whole thing or what. But I don't know. Whatever they, their thing was, it worked, and I'm still hooked. It worked, and they're just as nice to look at as they are to eat. Absolutely. So that was food items. What about a drinky drink? You uh, have anything specific that you're drinking this morning? Uh, yeah, water. Just water. <laughs> it's not milk listen, and juice and toast. <laughs> listen, I was never big into the milk, and it wasn't until later on in my life where I thought orange juice was palatable. So I was always the weird kid because I would ask for water, like. Even my mom thought it was weird. Mm-hmm. My mom's like, you want water with breakfast? Like, you're having <laughs> Pop-Tarts right now. You're having waffles. You can have whatever you want. I'll make you a chocolate milk. And sometimes I would spring for that chocolate milk. But most times I was like, eh, I'd rather just have water. <laughs> Don't see that every day. I, I feel like you're you're a, a rarity. I am a rarity. But I guess we are adults, and this might be an adult Saturday morning, right. so just hit me with a fucking espresso, <laughs> my guy. A nice, hot, black espresso, an Americano, something. Right. I, just, I need that caffeine boost, so that's my real answer okay. for you. Definitely nowadays, I prefer water. Uh, I don't really drink much anything else, I guess. If I'm talking ideal, I always resort back to everything I did as a kid, and like you said, orange juice really wasn't palatable yet, I feel like, and I feel like that's true to a lot of kids, especially yeah. me. Like I, I could not handle any orange juice and maybe it was just the kind my mom was buying it was always that fucking super pulpy bullshit i'm like i can't this is Mm. gross why would you give me this this is poison see as an adult oh i like the pulp (laughs) i really like the pulp oh man i I still can't get over the pulp it's like floaty things in there Mm, so good it's it makes me think that it's healthy for me speaking of being made to think that something's healthy what about sunny d Purple stuff, sun oh, glass. What's in this? Tastes like orange and tangerine. Yeah, why? Some healthy yeah. junk too. Whoa, 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 whoa! What are you doing? There's what? Problem, guys? No. Wait a minute, Mr. Jackson. Oh, come on. Sunny delight, the good stuff kids go for. Fuck that! I fucking hated. You hated Sunny D. D? I'm not gonna oh. lie to you. My mom would buy it, and she would stick it in my lunchbox like three times a week. And every time I opened up my lunchbox and saw Sunny D, I would always just let out a little bit of a sigh. I was like the odd man out on that one, but I was always like, (sighs) okay, I guess I'm drinking Sunny D today. (laughs) Well, see, you're doing it all wrong. And I I, I know what it is. I know that you like playing sports games, video games, but see, you actually have to play a sport. Then you walk in, barge in with your friends, you go into the the refrigerator and you push out the the soda. You don't want the soda. You don't want the purple stuff. You want, oh, fuck, Sunny D. And then your mom looks at you all proud and tells you, what a good kid. You know, we're going to buy a whole other gallon of sugar water and you and your friends can all drink that all over again. Such a good boy. (laughs) Uh, You know, I will say if we're talking orange drinks, 
my cousins used to get the tang pouches. Tang. The extreme taste of tang in a glass. And in a pouch. Five fab flavors. Like tropical tremor. And cherry craze. Without the pits. All with 100% vitamin C. Tang. It's a kick in a glass. Whoa. And in a pouch. Tang, baby. And I really did enjoy the tang, but my mom would never buy it for me. I think because she thought it was too unhealthy. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't understand how parents thought back in the day. Me either. You can have a, a Capri Sun because it's healthy. <laughs> you can't have a tang. Yep. You can have Sunny D because Sunny D is healthy for you. No, you can't have a Coke. Spoiler alert. They all have the same amount of sugar. Every one of them. If not more. Literally every one of them. <laughs> the only cool thing is that Tang at least had a really, really awesome series of commercials with like the little orangutans. So cool. Oh, yeah. I love that orangutan. Me oh, too. the way that he would talk to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. So good. Stuff. good. You happen to have anything else? The old milk and cereal bars. After years of training, Kellogg's new secret weapon is ready. Ready to fuse your favorite Kellogg cereal with milk in a bar. Milk it. Introducing Ooder the Cow and new Kellogg's cereal and milk bars, the delicious, crunchy, crumbly snack. So when hunger hits, milk it. Do you remember these at all? I do remember those. Absolutely remember those. So there were three big ones, if, if you don't recall. Cheerios, Cocoa Puffs, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So basically, it was, think of a Rice Krispie on the top and the bottom, but they're using cereal instead of Rice Krispies. And in the middle, there was this really creamy, really delicious, quote-unquote, milk, which was just a vanilla frosting that was sort of on the milky side of things. Okay. And it was tasty as hell. They don't make them anymore. They make sort of, kind of-ish, close approximations, but nothing really compared to those early 2000s milk and cereal bars. So that's just an honorable mention for me. Not really a Saturday morning food, but maybe like an, uh, a mid-morning snack while we're sitting down watching some cartoons. We're uh, fully fully carbed up. <laughs> <laughs> we're carved up we're sugared up i'm i'm hopping off the walls i can't wait to sit down for like three hours sounds good snuggle up with a blankie and uh your your favorite toy stuffed animal <laughs> i've got my yes. favorite stuffy mom well i guess there's only one other thing to do is watch some cartoons so yes we are on to the other half of the ideal saturday morning the tunes there are literally infinite amounts of cartoons at this point, and we both have an insane amount of favorites. Too many to mention, more than likely, so don't be upset mm-hmm. if we didn't mention your favorite one. Both of us dialed down to at least two or three near and dear cartoons that we feel are absolutely needed, but we'll also mention a couple of really nice ones in between, too. So, who wants to start this one off? Pepper Ann, Pepper Ann, 
Pepperin. <laughs> okay, sure, I'll go first. Why not? <laughs> I think I've mentioned it a million and one times on the podcast so far, Grimy, but really, I did not have cable and I did not get a chance to watch many cartoons outside of the realm of PBS. Right. Five days out of the week. I didn't really get to see many Nickelodeon shows or Cartoon Network shows, anything like that, unless I was going over to a friend's, a cousin's, a grandparent's house where they would have cable and I'd get to watch it there. Otherwise, my big exposure to cartoons was one of two things. Either I was buying or renting uh, a disc or a VHS or something from Blockbuster or Best Buy, wherever I'm buying my stuff from, or I'm waiting till Saturday morning. Hello, the theme of the show. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm watching all of my cartoons there. There was so much to choose from, so many different channels. There was the Fox Kids channel. There was the WB Kids channel. Um, God, what else? Just just all, all the big networks. But my favorite that I would always go back to time and time again for years. I didn't even realize how many of these I watched until I sat down to make a list for this episode. It was Disney's One Saturday Morning, the ABC Kids Block. Epic. Now, the thing that stood apart for me for the Disney shows was that most of the time they weren't the shows that they were airing over on the Disney Channel. Right. Because I'm going to say something very controversial yet brave. I think that the Disney Channel was pretty trash. I never found anything I really particularly latched onto outside of maybe like Darkwing Duck or Bonkers. The same. I latched onto both of those shows. Maybe Tailspin, Rescue Rangers, DuckTales maybe a little bit too. But there was a live action Alice in Wonderland that I kind of latched onto for a really long time as well. Other than that, yeah, I, I completely agree. They had some other things going on with that, you know, that one Saturday morning. One Saturday morning is where all their hits were, is where all the good shows were. And it just wasn't in the regular Disney Channel lineup most right. of the time. So my my first pick, the show that absolutely has to be included in this, uh, it's Pepper Ann. I sang the theme song <laughs> like three minutes ago before I went off on a rant. But uh, Pepper Ann, if you've somehow never seen it, which actually I believe because outside of the Saturday morning, the show kind of got scuttled and brushed under oh, the rug dude, for a very I, long time. You don't see anyone talking about Pepper Ann anymore. And I'm like, why the fuck not? That was like a staple in one Saturday morning. Oh, absolutely. It was a fantastic show. It was so weird. Once I got into like middle school and high school, we'd start talking about things that we would watch when we were a little bit younger. I'd bring up Pepper Ann and it was like I was living in a, in the Twilight Zone. It's like nobody had ever heard of Pepper Ann. It was right. crazy. Yeah, very strange. But it's got a bitchin' theme song. <laughs> bitchin' theme song. And I think it's just kind of the epitome of a 90s girl power cartoon. It is. You know, right. she she's the main character and she's, despite being of the opposite sex from me, she was very relatable, mm-hmm. even at a very young age. Uh, the whole the whole point of the show, the the synopsis is that she focuses on the trials and tribulations that occur during Pepper Ann's adolescence and charts her up and downs <laughs> at Hazelnut Middle School. All right, so that's how we're describing this series, and yeah, that, that's really what it was. But it was basically just about friends who are kind of awkward, a little bit of an awkward friend group who hang out. They're not the popular kids by any means. Um, 
But Pepper Ann, she would she would do that classic cartoon thing where she would just get these really grand ideas. Like she would daydream and just start thinking about, you know, what if I was a professional skateboarder? What if I was a yeah. professional rollerblader? You know, what, yep. what if I was like a ballroom dancer and I was like a world champion at that? Mm-hmm. And I think that combination of her just being normal but having these really – grandiose ideas and daydreams really Mm. hit home with me when I was a kid because that's kind of how I was. I I just – I never really felt like I fit in with popular kids or many kids at all really. I felt a little awkward at all times and uh, I don't know. I saw a lot of myself in Pepper Ann and yeah, that theme song, that bitchin' theme song is Mm -hmm. what drew me in. And then the good good cartoon is what kept me around, why I stayed around. Absolutely. I feel like – what they were going for with Pepper Ann was like a more personal and female version of Doug. You know what I mean? Cause oh, he kind of yeah. had all these like really crazy ideas. He was constant. He was a daydreamer too, you know, always writing mm-hmm. in his journal. I mean, he, it, you know, he was quail man and he was Jack bandit and I don't know his little version of Indiana Jones. Like he had so many different versions of himself. And I really feel like they might've, had some inspiration from Doug when they came to Pepper Ann? Yeah, absolutely. I could totally see that. And it, it gets even more interesting because we were talking about this earlier. Uh, I'm just going to say it straight up. I think Pepper Ann is a better show than Doug. Okay. I've always preferred Pepper Ann to Doug. Right. But it's not to say that the two, now that you make the comparison, wouldn't be complimentary shows. Right. It would be like really interesting to watch one and then watch the other and sort of have like an hour-long block with Pepper Ann and Doug back-to-back type of thing. I could really see that working now that you've kind of planted that idea in my head. But um, so Disney bought Doug from Nickelodeon. They sort of revived it midway through the the series. And then I think around that time is like when I started seeing less and less about Pepper Ann. So I wonder if they just started hedging their bets on Doug and kind of pushing Pepper Ann off to the side because maybe they saw those comparisons too. And they're like, well – we can really only have one of these. It might as well, might as well be Doug. <laughs> they did so well over at uh, Nickelodeon. It was one of their first cartoons. See how they like it here. I can see mm-hmm. that. I don't know. They did Pepper Ann wrong, in my opinion. They should have just. They should have pushed the fuck out of that cartoon way more than what they did. And uh, I think she deserves another shot, in my opinion. She does. I would. I would love to see Pepper Ann back. Uh, until that point, that's never going to happen unless we're just watching that all the time. So mm-hmm. if you've got that Disney Plus, watch that shit every night before you go to bed. Just get those numbers up. You know, Absolutely. let's start a let's start a campaign. Bring Pepper Ann back. Well, I'm pretty sure everyone knows what I'm going to pick for the first slot in my watch block. <laughs> Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah, Mario Brothers. Hey, it's a me, Mario. I don't know what that was. No. I'm sorry. It's all, I'm sorry to all the other Italian-Americans. Myself included. I apologize to myself. So, yeah, of course, I'm going with TMNT. Uh, I do try to steer away from these guys as much as possible. I cannot, absolutely cannot, in a Saturday morning cartoon show because 
why would I? You can't. <laughs> I'm just going to bring this up before you get into the meat and potatoes of this. The last like six episodes, you <laughs> fix something TMNT. Yeah. And then you always you always preface always it start. by saying, you know, I try to steer away from these guys. But and then you like lean hard into your TMNT pick. So I just have to remind people that I do think about not picking these guys every single time. <laughs> but I pick them anyways. Right. Right. <laughs> but. I think most people would agree that this is probably one of the most iconic Saturday morning cartoons ever. You can go on Google right now and type in popular Saturday morning cartoons lists and each one of them at like within the top 10 has TMNT on it. Like it's just Mm -hmm. how it ended up being. I know that they never thought it was ever going to get this big. They were... for sure that they were going to have one or two good seasons and then just be done. The whole point of having this cartoon was to sell toys. That was their whole scheme was, well, we have this comic book. It's doing really good. I think that we can sell toys. We get with Playmates toys. They want to do it, but they will not do it without a series, a cartoon series to tie it to. So they get four episodes. Those four episodes get pushed and it just blows up overnight, which leads to just this turtle mania. And inevitably they start the, you know, the first movie. So that's how powerful this IP is and was at that point in time. Absolutely. It was a perfect perfect storm because it was just the <clears throat> the right time in history where all of the weird shit was really popping off, right? Nickelodeon, the gross-out humor, all the things that really wouldn't sell because either parents wouldn't let it, in, you know, anytime before the 90s or kids might not have been as interested in it. You know, all these weird properties where it's like uh, slime is huge and, and uh, anthropomorphic living teenage turtles who also do karate. They're huge, you know what I mean? So it was just like they hit at the right time, they had the right thing, if it was a couple of years later and Team NT didn't exist, it would have been that what biker biker mice from Mars, uh, you know, could have been Street Sharks, it could have been any of those, but they were there first, and it was like bam, that was exactly what we needed at that time. And I agree with you, this is kind of a perfect Saturday morning cartoon. For not knowing how big this was going to be, it got huge. I mean, there's so many episodes, and I know I mentioned last episode that. I'm just starting to go through them now. Most people know that I'm a diehard TMNT fan, but they most people don't know that I didn't get to watch most of it when I was a kid. It's a combination of two things. One, we didn't have cable. And then when we did get cable, it was at that point in time where like TMNT was kind of fizzling out a little bit, especially the cartoon. Like the toys were still running rampant. They were making games and movies, but the cartoon itself was just kind of like psh, psh, and then mm-hmm. yeah, kind of gone, the, uh, you know, white hot property that it was a few years prior. Right. I, I really feel like the nail in the coffin was like Power Rangers. Maybe that's not the case. But for me personally, especially among like my friends, I was like, oh, man, they brought these fucking Rangers over to play with. I don't want to play with these guys. And before you knew it, they were just gone. Well, if you think about it, uh, the Turtles were really in a league of their own because <sighs> Yes, I'm sorry, 80s kids. I'm going to say it. You're all going to get mad at me. But <laughs> the 80s cartoons, He-Man, She-Ra, Transformers, all these other other uh, cartoons that were created to sell toys, um, they were fine. But they never really 
excelled. Like, the source material was sort of, in my opinion, an afterthought compared to, okay, well, we've got this story, we've got these characters, do something with them for 20 minutes, uh, you know, a day, and kids will sit down and watch it, and then they'll buy more toys. Right. Ninja Turtles had that benefit of... We've got backstory, we've got comics, we've got a backlog of things that we can pull from and, like, build these characters out to make it more engaging. So Ninja Turtles was sort of at the top of that heap where it's like, man, there's some good source material here. We can also make a really engaging cartoon. And they were sort of in their own for a little bit, in their own bubble. And then things like Batman the Animated Series and and other stuff came along that also had some really dense... Uh, great characters and stories to pull from. So there was more competition after a little bit. So, you know, the early 90s, you say Power Rangers, that's true, but also things I think, like Batman, that's a real competitor. Oh, yeah, yep, absolutely. It drew some attention, for sure. It just seems like to be successful, you just have to be able to make a character out of every single episode, and that's what a lot of these things did. Power Rangers, TMNT, Batman the Animated Series. Like, there was always a new villain or a new character, and it worked. It was a formula for success. And that is why TMNT has to be here. Said my piece. You said your piece. (laughs) As you look at your basement wall full of TMNT figures. Hey, listen, uh, I never talk about these guys. (laughs) I salute you, is what I'm trying to say, Grimey. I salute you. All right, you have my blessing I'm Thanks. glad that it's Thanks. here. So what do you got up next? On the wrong end of she was a dreamer. And a little schemer. Hmm. I'm not even living a dog's life. But when he'd hear the bell for school. One day he says, I'll take a chance. In a glance, who becomes his favorite pastime. I have buried a bone for the last time. He said, I want to be a boy. He's over, just be a boy. I gotta be a boy. Illuminating television. So, I'm sticking with the Disney theme, Grimey. There's just a lot to pull from here. I know a lot of us like to think of, like, the 90s, early to mid to maybe late, but not a lot of people think about the 2000s, because I think a lot of us were maybe too old or, or... that just wasn't on our radar. Maybe we were watching other real channels instead of Saturday morning stuff. Um, so a lot of the stuff from the early 2000s gets overlooked. And one of the biggest, in my opinion, is the show Teacher's Pet. I don't know if you've ever seen this or you know about this show. I know about this show, but I'm not, I've never watched it before. I have no idea. But like, you know what is, is funny about all the 2000s stuff that gets overlooked is that the moment there's a post about it or anything, you see an image, you're just like, wait a minute, I remember this. So the, the nostalgia is mm-hmm. there. And like people know it's there. They just have to be shown. You know, they have to happen upon these images to realize what an impact these things had on us. Exactly. And I think it's it's kind of interesting because unlike something like Rocco's Modern Life or Ren and Stimpy, um, where, yeah, they were popular. They were really popular. They they right. sort of transcended just being a cartoon, and they sort of became cultural phenomenons for a little bit yeah, there. Yeah. Like, everybody's grandmother knew who Ren and Stimpy was mm-hmm. back in the day. You know, it, 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 that's just how it was. 
So unfortunately, after such a long time of having all these really iconic cartoons come up in the in the 90s, I think there were so many things that people just started tuning out and stopped right. paying attention. Mm-hmm. If Teacher's Pet – now I'm going to go out and, and make a big claim here. Okay. If Teacher's Pet existed 10 years before it originally aired, it would be up there along with things like Ren and Stimpy or Rocco's Modern Life, things from – from that era because just listen to this voice cast uh they've got deborah joe rupp as the main main boy's mother Ooh. deborah joe rupp is kitty from that 70s show oh okay all right so very, very iconic nice. voice great yeah. voice yep uh so there's the main boy and then his dog is played by nathan lane so nathan lane is voicing uh, doing a, the, one of the main voices. You have Wallace Shawn on the show. That's Rex from Toy Story. So another iconic oh, Jesus. voice. And none other than Jerry Stiller is on this show as the bird in the cage. I think he's a parakeet. And he's playing Jerry Stiller. So he's playing George's father just in cartoon <laughs> form. Just yelling and being cranky. It's amazing. Oh, my God. That that sounds like a great lineup. So the, the whole premise of the show, Teacher's Pet, is that uh, the, the main boy, the main character, his dog comes to – I don't want to say comes to life because he was alive. <laughs> but his dog reveals to him that he can talk, okay. he can speak, and that he can walk upright and act like a boy. And all this dog <laughs> wants is to be a boy. And so uh, the boy's mother, Deborah Jo Rupp, Kitty, she's uh, actually his teacher at school. Hmm. So basically the dog puts the kid in an awkward position and he says, only you know about this and nobody's going to believe you that I can I can walk and talk. They're going to think that you're insane. I want to be a real boy. I want to go to school with you every day. So they oh basically God. hatch a scheme to get this dog in school. He's the new kid in school. And nobody can tell that he's a dog, which is like the funniest part about it. And uh, I mean, as you'd imagine, that's just basically the whole premise. Like every episode is just about them getting into things like a dog experiencing what it's like to be a human boy. And then there's always a joke in there about he's acting like a dog when he shouldn't be. And he might get caught that he's being a dog. Um, but this got a, a few seasons and then it eventually got a movie to kind of close out the series. But it's just got this really iconic art to it. The whole look of the show um You'll know as soon as you see it if you were alive at this point in time. It, it was created by by this artist. His name is Gary Baseman. He's done other animated stuff. He's done a lot of just visual artwork, like a lot of paintings, comic strips, things like that. So this, the visual style is just very um, weird and surreal, and it's very distinct. Like you, you know this look as soon as you see it. And for those of you wondering how I'm going to describe this to you uh, via – talking without being able to show you something (laughs) there was one board game in the 2000s that i'm convinced every family owned even if you didn't play the game i can guarantee you had a copy of this in your basement cranium i have it right now you have cranium so you know the artwork on the box of cranium yes how how everything looks and all that Mm -hmm. that's gary basement art Okay. See, I always ha- thought it had kind of like a very Nickelodeon-esque, like a uh, Klasky's Chupo kind of vibe to it, but like a little more on the raw side and like simple form, you know? Yeah, a little a little more simple. And it's it's got this like 
you know the oil crayons that you would get yeah. in your art kits as a yeah. kid that's how everything is colored that's how this guy colors everything it's like a mixture of colored pencil work and, and oil crayons and um oh that's awesome that's basically what the show looks like so that that show is just cranium characters come to life with talking dog and boy and jerry stiller kitty nathan lane all that thrown together and nobody has really seen it and nobody really talks about it but it's really good it's really funny it's on disney plus if you're wondering all of it same with pepper ran so again teacher's pet i'm picking it we're watching it it's a good time So my next pick, I would call it a big one, The Muppet Babies. Did you ever watch The mm-hmm. Muppet Babies before when you were a kid? <clears throat> I actually had a VHS tape of The Muppet Babies. No but shit. I would also watch it at my grandparents' house uh, whenever I get the chance because it was on Cartoon Network. They would show up pretty regularly. Yeah, this did actually end up going to Cartoon Network quite a bit. Um, you know, Muppet Baby seems like such a, a, a grandmother and grandfather kind of cartoon to always have on, too, by the way. <laughs> so, like, that's pretty oh, accurate. Absolutely. I remember very frequently watching Muppet Babies, probably more than, like, TMNT for some reason. It just mm-hmm. happened to always be on, like, way more than TMNT was at that point in time for me. And I solely blame this cartoon as well as the Christmas special uh, Muppet Family Christmas for me being such a huge fan of Muppets in general. Those are the two things that really did it for me. I've had them all my life starting from the very very wee age. So yeah, I love them. <laughs> I fucking I just love Muppets. <laughs> you know, I've never I actually I feel like I I've come to that realization now. Like I've always in the back of my mind been a huge fan of Muppets and I never understood why. It's all because of oh, this yeah. fucking cartoon. Well, the Muppets, that's exactly right. Because the Muppets, um, I think, were way bigger in, like, the 70s and then maybe, like, the early 80s. And by by the time that we were being born, like, I remember watching the proper Muppets. Yeah. Specifically Muppets Christmas Carol. That was what I would watch every, you know, every Christmas. But that was really, like, for a long time where my brain sort of started and stopped with Muppets What for live action was Muppets Christmas Carol. Mm. Um, so other than that, my exposure, just like you, was definitely like Muppet Babies, the cartoon. And I started more associating the characters with the cartoon versions than the actual puppet Same. versions. Same. Absolutely. So if you haven't watched Muppet Babies before, the show portrays toddler versions of Muppets living together in a nursery under the care of a woman known as Nanny involving the concepts of the power of imagination and creative problem solving. Uh, We don't ever actually see Nanny, which I love. You know, there seems to be a lot of that going on in shows that I love. Like, happens a lot in Home Improvements, where the guy, you just kind of see, like, the top of his head from the fence. You know what I mean? like Wilson. Yeah. yeah. My brain was going to, like, Charlie Brown, where you never see anybody. You just hear the wah, 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 wah. Well, see that, even that, too. Like, I just, I love that concept. And this is another one that just has that in it. 
you just see like her legs and her feet and that's pretty much and she mm-hmm. talks too so i actually really loved that her name was nanny because my grandparents we actually just went to her birthday yesterday mm-hmm. she turned 87 years old but it was Grampy and Nanny. That's That was literally Nanny. what we called her growing up. And it was usually right. at her house that we were watching Muppet Babies. So I always associated the Nanny in the show with my Nanny, which I thought was really cool. And actually, to bring this full circle, the most exposure, at least in the beginning of Muppet Babies, that I had was they gave my sister and I a Muppet Babies VHS tape Maybe for Christmas. Oh, nice. Might have been for Halloween because sometimes they would give us like Halloween presents, which was kind of cool. Sick. Um, so the fact that they gave us the Muppet Babies tape, that was the first time I ever really watched it. And then Nanny was a character in the show. I was like, wait a minute. Nanny gave me this and Nanny's in this? Oh, that's really cool. That's that's dope. So obviously you've watched this do you happen to recall anything that happens from that episode specifically that you had on vhs or not really too long ago (sighs) to see the problem i have with muppet babies is that all of it bleeds together in my mind like okay every episode that they did anything is all one episode (laughs) in my brain (laughs) one thing yeah (laughs) continuation well i'll let you know this show is kind of wild it's kind of all over the place and uh, it's interesting how they got away with a lot of it. Uh, we see the Muppets riff off of so many different franchises, stuff like Indiana Jones, uh, Super Mario, The Legend of Zelda, Star Wars. Even TMNT was in there at one point in time where like five of them all had turtle shells and they had the bandanas and like they were uh, doing karate yeah. and stuff and had belts with like lettered of, of their names in the front. Just super fucking weird. Um, they did a comic superheroes one like Spider-Man and it turns out that this cartoon is actually produced by Henson as well as Marvel Productions so maybe they got a little bit of leeway from that but that still doesn't really explain how they went about the rest of them like did they just get rights to do this like what what happened here maybe it was Hmm. because I think they were on the same channel at some point as turtles so i'm wondering if somehow they were just like listen you know you just take this do that put that in there and it'll all be square like that's more exposure for us i guess kind of uh another way of advertising i guess i don't know i just pictured jim henson in a darkened room at a really giant executive chair with a with a cigar just smoking and all you can see in the dim light is the orange end of the cigar (laughs) puffing and somebody comes to him one of the interns and says sir they're saying we can't do the star wars parody we don't have the rights they're not willing to work with you and just a bloodshot just grizzled jim (laughs) henson says i said do it we're doing it they made me do the turtles movie we're doing it (laughs) but yeah i don't know i really I love the depictions of the Muppets, by the way. Uh, We see baby versions of Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo, Skeeter, Animal, Bunsen, Ann Beaker, Rolf, Scooter. Pretty much every Muppet that you can think of, we see a baby version in here. And I love that in A Muppet Family Christmas, we actually see a shot of live-action Muppet babies for the very first time. You really brought that up? I did. I love that so much you introduced me to the muppet family christmas (laughs) and you told me before we even before i watched you said everybody's there and i said 
What do you mean, everybody? And everybody. you said, you'll see. Fraggles, Muppets, Sesame Street, and I almost shit my pants, yes, when I oh, did yeah. see the Muppet Babies in there. Mm-hmm. Incredible. That was that was the cinematic universe before there was actually a cinematic universe for anybody. <laughs> it, was, it was. Name a better <laughs> cinematic universe, I dare ya. Don't say Marvel. I'll slap you. <laughs> I'll slap the shit out you. <laughs> Are you confined? Decide. I know this might be a little bit of a cheat, but um, in my ideal Saturday morning, I don't want to know everything that I'm getting because I think that was part of the, the charm of growing up with Saturday morning cartoons is that there were schedules like we've learned now through the internet basically everything has been documented we know exactly what was being shown on a saturday morning in 1992 on which channel we know what fucking ads were running between every show yes but being there in the moment as a kid our brains didn't work like that it might have been really clear like oh well at 10 o'clock we're gonna watch this it never felt that way, though, because sometimes we'd we'd think that we were going to see something at 10 o'clock and it would be something totally out of left field that we weren't expecting to see because week to week the season changed or there was a, a new person hired at the station, whatever it might be. And they showed a completely different cartoon that either we had never seen or we weren't expecting to see. So my third pick for this is just going to be dealer's choice roulette. Now, I'll give you a whole list of things that I would like to see. That would be a pleasant surprise, but I don't want to know which one it would be. If we're talking cartoons, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, sticking with the Disney theme. That would be a cool one to see. Mm -hmm. Very underrated. It started with the direct-to-video cartoon movie. And I think, wasn't it Patrick Warburton played the voice of Oh, man, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Joe Swanson himself, Kronk. I, I think that was the voice of Buzz on the show. So I think it was for it was on the show, but they did like uh, like the the VHS tape. Oh, you're right. Where it I was think like, that VHS tape was Tim. It Allen. was Tim Allen. I think yeah. you're right. That's I the one I'm right. familiar with, and it. Oh man, so good. Love it. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, good stuff. The Weekenders. That was an early 2000s cartoon, mm. also on Disney, and it was cool because it was not like all of the other cartoons that are sort of fantastical or they're they're, you know doing things that couldn't happen in real life it was just the cartoon version of friends hanging out on the weekend you know i think if i remember correctly they were in like a beach town like uh, long beach or something and they Mm. would walk down to the arcade or they would be hanging out on the boardwalk things like that and um That was just cool because it was like getting to hang out with the older kids that you were never allowed to hang out with encapsulated into a show. You know, these were kids that weren't kicking you out of their room because they didn't want to hang out with the young kid. It was like, ooh, this is fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the Weekenders would be on that list. Hercules, the animated series. I would throw that in there. Yeah. Interesting, interesting cartoon. I kind of forgot about this one, to be honest, but like, yeah, very underrated cartoon. Yeah, that that one was right on the heels of the the actual movie. They focused more for that cartoon on him in his teenage years 
in that in between be- between being a baby and being a man and that whole cartoon is just fleshing that out like well what did he do did he go to school did he have friends like what was it like living in 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 ancient greece but while you're just being a little skinny little twerp mm. um so a cool show again that's also on disney plus if you're interested in checking that one out but the big one here uh, for cartoons at least would have to be lloyd in space oh, that would lloyd in space I, i'm not saying i'm picking this to watch but if i'm spinning that random wheel i'm kind of hoping that it's going to land on lloyd in space because this is one that's sort of been lost to time because it's not streaming anywhere and i genuinely haven't seen it since the early 2000s when it was first coming out right good picks i like it Boy, there's just so many, but I'm sure I can think of plenty of them. Uh, if I'm going rapid fire, number one yeah. has to be, uh, I'm going to go with real Ghostbusters. Real Ghostbusters has to be there. It was definitely a little bit before my time. I didn't get to watch it until basically like a couple years ago, <laughs> believe it or not. Okay. Always known about the toys, knew it was a cartoon, but never got the pleasure of watching it as a kid way before my time. But definitely, yeah, real Ghostbusters has to be there. Um, second would most definitely be Captain Planet. Captain Planet, huge fan of Captain Planet was like when I was a kid. And looking back now... I don't really get what my big appeal was with him. I, I think he's kind of a lame superhero, more or less. Like, he's the guy that kicks pollution's ass, basically, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, okay. He might do a lot better nowadays than he did back then. You know, they, they might be able to really spruce that up these days with what we know about the environment. But uh, back then, it, right. it, 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 was, it was, you know... It was fun watch. What I would say is we should watch the Don Cheadle version <laughs> instead. You're all fucking trees. Tree, tree, <laughs> tree, 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 tree. tree. <laughs> the power is mine, bitches. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. There was something about that TV show. I remember wishing that I was able to have hair like his, just like a green mullet and blue skin. I mean, who wouldn't have killed for that? Um and I always, I don't know, something that was really cool that they did at the end of every episode is whatever the episode was about, they would kind of bring that to the forefront and be like, listen, don't do this. This is how you can go out and help and don't do that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know, show you, show you how to volunteer and all that. So I don't know. It, it kept us morally in check, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. After watching all the uh, depraved other shows, like. Lloyd in space. <laughs> the godless Lloyd in space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my last pick, uh, probably Toxic Crusaders. Interesting choice. Interesting Environmentally choice. friendly, friendly uh, IPs. Yeah, it's it's... I don't hear that one being talked about too often. And while I feel like it could have done better back in the day, it didn't. I don't know. For some reason, it just did not stick with too many people. And like they only had a few action figures, not very many. It's very small, select few. Definitely didn't do out Turtles, but still enjoyable. I really enjoyed it when I was a kid. It's a weird sell. It's a weird sell back in the day. It, it you know, was. you're taking a horror movie, B movie franchise and turning it kid friendly. It's it's it didn't really make much sense, but it, you know, despite it not making much sense, pretty pretty good for what it was. Probably the yeah. best thing Troma's ever tried making or gotten oh their my hands God. on. Yeah, hands down. <laughs> I still can't believe it ever happened. Like I just want to know who was watching anything Lloyd Kaufman did 
and was like, yeah, this needs to be for kids. <laughs> Give this man this. a kid's show. Stat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Uncle times. Lloyd. Ugh. Um, quick additional honorable mentions here, because I know that we've been focused on animation a lot, but it's uh, while, while everything, it was heavy animation back in the day. We did definitely get some live action shows on Saturday mornings, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not saying that they have to make it into our little perfect Saturday morning lineup here. But if they happened to, um, here's what I would throw in. Beekman's World, maybe. I don't know if you ever caught Beekman's World. It was actually based on a comic panel. And I remember reading that comic panel in every Sunday paper and it was the most lame fucking comic panel <laughs> that's ever existed. <laughs> it was basically like science experiment, the comic panel. Um, but basically they took that and they turned it into a live action show that was sort of like Bill Nye the Science Guy. But it was like a, a little weirder, a little zanier. And... Um, it's not the best, but it's very unique, and I wouldn't be upset if it was on my Saturday morning rotation, yeah. even if I caught just a little bit of it while I was eating my cereal or something like that. Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House? I don't know about you, but I became obsessed with that. I, again, I, I don't know who greenlit this, but a game show, a live-action game show, where kids would basically do a Double Dare-style game show, uh, but the Crypt Keeper was hosting it. And I have a very, very vivid memory before I went to a Red Sox game one morning, just being completely obsessed with what I was seeing on the TV. They were doing all these games, but there was one where it looked like a kid was on a rickety old wooden bridge. Mm. And there's this big skull shooting these really lame CGI fireballs at the kid. (laughs) It looked like it was over a bottomless pit. And I totally believed it, and I really thought the kids were going to die if they fell off. (laughs) So uh, that's one that I haven't seen since, God, I don't know, 1996 or 1997, and I would love to see it uh, represented somewhere in some way, shape, or form. Hmm. Um, And the last thing, last thing, Grimey, that I'll mention, this is not a full series, but We've been talking so much about the Disney shows from Disney's One Saturday Morning. What I found out when I was researching for all of this, did you realize that Pepperan, Doug, Recess, those shows, they were actually given 40-minute time slots instead of the standard 30-minute time slots because they were accounting for little in-between segments to break up the shows. Hmm, So the one that I'm thinking of, and you might have – seen it but I, I was obsessed with Manny the Uncanny back in the day do you remember Manny the Uncanny at all? I do all? remember Manny the Uncanny I do Yep. so for those of you who might not be familiar with Manny the Uncanny you can find his little clips on YouTube but I would love to have him and other similar things interspersed in between these shows just to pad it out and, and make things feel a bit more fun but he was basically like Pee Wee Herman meets Jim Carrey just full of energy (laughs) and they would send him to go off and do all these like very um 
almost educational things. Like sometimes he would go to the U.S. Mint and show you how money was made and whatever. But the way that he did it, it was never boring. You actually wanted to see what he would go do because there's this guy dressed up like a complete jackass at like a government <laughs> building. And instead of being like Alan Alda and being like, so wow, this is how coins are made and this is how the mint works. Manny the Uncanny would show up and be like, wow, so you guys make coins. Can I steal some? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so those are my quick honorable mentions for like live action things that it would be cool if they popped in or if they were interspersed in between all of the shows that we were going to watch this morning I've just got one more honorable mention hit me it's got to be Barney it's got Uh, to be Barney (laughs) (laughs) the original peanut butter and jelly time oh my god Uh, okay I was a Barney fiend when I was just a little pup I'm telling you I fucking loved Barney all my friends hated him. I was there with you. Nah, you, how can you hate Barney? Right, he's a purple dinosaur. Come on, he, he fucking he just loves everyone. That's it. Wasn't there a nursery rhyme way back in the day, like a schoolyard nursery rhyme about how kids wanted to kill Barney and like chop off his head or something? Yes, there was. Yeah, he got too much hate from from kids, from adults, from everybody. He he's probably the reason why I ended up talking early. Okay, so that stupid right. purple dinosaur. He's the reason why I'm doing this podcast right now. Okay, so shouts out to Barney. I will always remember the peanut butter and jelly episode, and I will always remember the the pudding episode. They had some really weird fucking older dude, and they were like making a recipe for pudding or something, and every five seconds, the dude would just be like, is it pudding yet? Like, (laughs) who is this guy? Why do we care about this guy? Just show us the fucking pudding. Like, get out of here, weirdo. (laughs) Aside from teaching me about friendship and uh, being kind to others, that was also the first time I ever had any representation for my own name because there was a kid named Derek on the show. So I latched onto that too. It was pretty cool seeing another kid Mm -hmm. with my same name. I I always knew the episode was going to be lit when fucking – what's his name? Was it BJ? That is that the fucking – the other – the yellow dinosaur's name? BJ popped in there. BJ and Baby Bob. Baby Bob. You knew the episode was going to be lit when them two motherfuckers came in there. They were like, what's up, fam? And you were like, damn, BJ and Baby Bop up in the his <laughs> This guy's sick. Yeah, dude, this guy, this guy had no idea he was chill like that. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my. Is it pudding yet? No, I can't it's pudding! Can shake pudding! I'll put some in a bowl for baby Bob, too. Oh, that's nice, Michael. Probably time to go out and finish the rest of Arnold's list for a perfect Saturday. We already had our cartoons from 6 o'clock in the morning until dance craze. We ate three bowls of our favorite cereal. Now it's time to bike down the steepest hill in the city, play catch with every kid in the park, go to the movies, and sit through three times in a row. What do you say to that? I am so down. I don't think anybody's ever actually completed it before, Grimey, but I think I have faith in us this time. I think so, too. Even Arnold didn't complete it, but I think we can do it. Well, fuck that football-headed idiot. We can do that, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) And we invite you to complete the list as well, or make up your own list. Be creative. Think outside the cereal box and figure out your own list. Yeah, do do whatever makes you feel good. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's your Saturday. Reclaim it. Live like you're 12 again, or 6, or... (laughs) 
do whatever you want, okay? Just have a good time. Yeah. But anyways, we'd like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our show, be sure to check us out over on Facebook. We are currently on Facebook as Leftover Pizza. You can like our page there, or you can check us out over on the fan page, the little group we have going on over there where there's all kinds of cool discussion, the Leftover Pizza Club. Be sure to check that out. Become a member. You get a free sticker, all that fun jazz. We have all kinds of cool conversations there. All kinds of cool conversations and a free sticker. What more could you want? What more could you want? I'll tell you what more you could want. Posts everywhere. Social media. We've got that going on all the time. Grimy takes some really beautiful photos. So if you're looking for just some general nostalgia goodness to brighten up your day when you're sitting at work ready to, you know, just just break down and cry. You know, that's what we're here for. So ch- <laughs> here to wipe your tears. Yeah, that's right. Check us out on Instagram at leftover pizza podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter. I've been really talking with people over there, having a great time doing it at leftover pizza club. That's L F T O V R pizza club because Twitter's stupid and they don't let me have a longer handle. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Twitter. If that was enough for you, we are now on Patreon. One buck gets you an article each month. $3, you get yourself a bonus episode every single month. Not bad for $3. Not a bad deal. So yeah, if you're interested in supporting us and uh, checking out the Patreon, maybe listening to uh, to us speak about things that you're not going to hear on the regular podcast, you can check us out there, patreon.com forward slash leftover pizza club. And as always, if you're looking to support us for free without spending a single dime of your precious hard-earned money. All you have to do is subscribe to the show wherever you're listening and leave us a rating. We love to see five stars, but if you think we're one-star men, you know, you can you can do that too, I guess. But please, please don't. don't. <laughs> please don't. But with nothing further, you have just listened to the Leftover Pizza Podcast. I am Derek. And I am Grimy. And I'm going to go outside and throw around that pigskin. I'm going to drive down the hill in my bike. No, you're not. You're going to go out and mow the goddamn lawn. Oh. I hate being old. with me.